Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I have an excellent question from Molly. Listen in. Hello. I have a question about intuition and fear. I often find myself in situations where I am nervous, and I can't always tell if my nerves are a byproduct of my anxiety or if it's my intuition trying to tell me that something is off. When I've asked others this question, I'm often told that I should listen to my body. While this advice is worthy, it's also frustrating because the physical sensations I get from good scary, like stage fright, and bad scary, like stranger danger, exist on a continuum and not in a binary. How can I begin to honor my intuition without sacrificing the awesome and sometimes scary opportunities that life affords? I was born February 2nd, 1988 in Evanston, Illinois at 4 p.m. Thank you. I cannot say how much I absolutely adore and love this question. Thank you so much for asking it, uh, Molly. And you know what? You're not the only person to ask me this question. I get asked this question a great deal, and it's a really important one. So I've got two, maybe more, but two answers for this question. The first one is very simple. It's that anxiety is fear, right? And anxiety feels like fear. So sometimes anxiety is excitement. Um, I forget who said it, but anxiety is excitement without breath. I didn't come up with that. Somebody said it. I've forgotten who. I think it's the guy who created Gestalt or something. Anyways, sometimes anxiety is excitement. And sometimes anxiety is just pure stress and fear. But intuition is neutral. The voice of your intuition is neutrality. Now, you might have a fear crop up immediately after you have an intuitive insight, but intuition is neutral. And, you know, being able to check in with the body is such a powerful resource. But, you know, I mean, it's kind of like never having heard of a stick shift, never having driven fast, and then getting in a car that is a stick and going on the Audubon. It's just, it's too much too quick. It shouldn't be the first step you take, right? It's kind of jumping in a little too deep before you're really grounded in yourself. So in other words, if you're experiencing anxiety, resourcing your body is kind of difficult. It's more like experience anxiety, resource your body to calm the anxiety and then assess. But by then you're remembering the intuition, right? You're now you're in your mind about it, even if you're in your body as well. And so I'm going to get into your chart in a second in response to this question, but I want to just say very generally for everyone across all the lands, your intuition is neutral. There is no emotion associated with intuition, not euphoria, not joy, not fear, not dread. Intuition is simply neutral. And Everything else is psychological and emotional and all kinds of other things can be spiritual, but it's not, it's not intuition. It's not guidance. And this is part of why, you know, people like me who do psychic and intuitive work, I don't work with friends and I don't work with friends because I can't be neutral. 
I'm vested in a really particular way. And I, I am not able to kind of hold space for all potentials, basically. And that's a really common thing. So I pulled up your chart, Molly, and this is what I found. You are a full moon baby. You were an Aquarius and you were born with a Leo moon at the exact degree of the sun. It's a very tight opposition. This full moon um, in your chart is very tight and it forms a really tight square to Pluto. So for you, your emotions are powerful. They come crashing in. They come hot. And they're not necessarily a reliable resource when thinking in terms of intuition. And that doesn't mean that your emotions themselves are not reliable or that your intuition is not reliable, but your emotional responses are so powerful that they're often about 70 things at once instead of one clear voice. And so when you get kind of bowled over by emotion, it's important to know that you're in a state of emotion, which means you are not in that moment well suited to decode your intuition. Now, as you kind of mentioned in your question, you like a little bit of adventure, right? You you don't mind having things be intense and powerful and you're open to being kind of like dragged through things sometimes. I think that is great. I also see that you do struggle with anxiety a fair amount. So there's the intense emotionalism of this T-square of your full moon, your sun moon opposition, square to Pluto. But in addition, you have the planet Neptune in the sixth house. And it's not just in the sixth house, it's intercept the sixth house. And so there's a lot of things I'll say about that. One is that when we have interceptions, and I think I've referred to this in how the sausage is made episode, but I do use a house system in astrology that gives us something called interceptions. And interceptions is when you have a full 30 degrees of a sign in a house but that sign is not on either house cusp. When we have intercept signs and intercept planets, what we tend to have is indications of early developmental conditions that we repressed in our environment or we were told to repress in ourselves. And so what this means for you is that you are not encouraged to trust and resource your intuition. You were, in fact, probably actively discouraged from being self-referential kind of on a spiritual level. And so everything had to go through your feelings. Everything had to go through your actions, your productivity. I don't think that's all bad. It's certainly not all good either. But what it does is it forces you into a position within yourself where you are both naturally very strong, but also not very practiced. It's not like you had a lot of practice of this in your early life. And when you start to access your intuition now, there can be like a, a oops, I've overdone it, or I don't know how to do it at all kind of feeling. But here's the good news. Intuition is like every other part of you. With practice, it will get stronger and clearer. And what that means is allowing yourself to sit and be present with whatever it is that you're kind of perceiving or dealing with. So it might be like, oh, my intuition is saying, don't do this slash maybe I'm just really scared of this thing. Okay. So breathe, stay with your body. And this is really important. When I say breathe, it's because Neptune tends to hold its breath. So what you want to do is really breathe and stay present with your body and track the thought. I'm scared. This is bad. What comes next? Is there a reason? Is there a good common sense reason? Is there no reason at all? Is it just fear? Practice maybe kind of like keeping a little notes, a couple few notes about what you're perceiving and go forward, make a decision. You know what? You might make a mistake. You might not, but here's the good news. Either way, 
if you are tracking your experience, you will be able to look back at that experience of your intuition and not the thing itself that, you know, your intuition is about. And you'll be able to see, oh, I misinterpreted my instincts in this way. Oh, when I'm having clear intuition, it seems to feel a little bit like X instead of Y. So basically what I'm saying is practice and practice with mindfulness so that you can develop the self-awareness through habit of what is fear and what is intuition. This takes time. And when I say time, I mean years. I'm sorry. It takes years. People get into spirituality and they want it to be like, I had an insight and it was amazing and it was meteoric and now I'm changed. And sometimes that happens, but generally it doesn't stick. It's kind of like doing drugs. You get high and then you lose your inhibitions and it feels great. And then the high goes away. And then if you don't change, you don't change and you're back to you, right? So it's the same thing with spiritual stuff. We can have these meteoric experiences That doesn't mean that they're integrated and they become one with us. That takes practice. That takes intention. That takes patience. That takes change. And part of what I think is quite difficult for you is tolerating uncertainty. And that's why you rush into figuring out, what should I do? What should I not do? Is this intuition? Is it not intuition? Practicing sitting with the big tumult of your emotions, practicing sitting with the speed of your mind, and just being a witness to your own experience, that will give you the tools eventually to be able to decode these things quickly. But again, eventually is eventually and not later this year. I'm so sorry. So I hope this is helpful and I hope that this has kind of given you some tools to work with. I think I'm going to add one more thing. You're kind of lucky. I mean, I see the difficult things, shitty things absolutely happen to you for sure. Of course they do. But you've got this Jupiter trine to Uranus and Saturn in your birth chart. It's also, it's a bit of a weaker trine, but it's also a trine to Mars. Uh, And all of these things say that things tend to work out for you. And so this fear that you have that is articulated by many things in your chart, this fear that you have of failing or of, of like falling into some hole and not being able to get up is probably not deeply substantiated by your life experiences. That doesn't mean terrible things can't happen to you. Terrible things can happen to all of us at any time. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not that much fun. But the good news is your intuition is pretty reliable. And even when you don't listen to it, you tend to learn what you need to learn. So for whatever that's worth, Molly, I think that you're you're asking the right question. And if you really follow through with whatever whatever of this advice I'm giving you that feels like it'll work, whatever else you can kind of figure out to track your own experience to make better sense of your own inner workings, I really think it's going to work out for you. I think you're going to be able to leverage this. It's just going to take a minute. All right, my loves, I hope that's helpful. I hope you enjoyed this Q&A. Stick around for the Astrology Corner. Welcome back to your astrology corner, my friends. Before we we get into your horoscope for the week, I want to just tell you that if you are in the New York City area, you should come see me. On December 8th, I am going to be speaking at the Broadly Astrology Conference in Brooklyn at Villain on Kent Avenue. I'm going to be speaking with a bunch of other astrologers. I am speaking on the topic of intimacy issues. You have them. I have them. Now you can learn the astrology of them. So if you're interested in coming and seeing me there, you can go to my website where I have finally uploaded most of the events that I will be doing in the next couple few months. So Seattle, New York, and San Francisco, I'm coming for you. So, you know, you can come, you can sign up 
And just do that by going to my website at lovelaniato.com. Oh, hi. Let me tell you something. It's Sagittarius season. And as you know from last week, Sagittarius season kicked off in a really emo way because it kicked off with a full moon in Gemini. We have Mercury still retrograde and Jupiter in the sign of Sagittarius as well. So there's a lot of potential for growth and moving forward, which is exciting. There's also a lot of potential for getting caught up in stories that may or may not be true, getting caught up in propaganda, we can get caught up in things that are not true because they feel true. <laughs> so you want to just make sure, especially because Mercury is retrograde until December 6th, that you are pairing your data with enough breath for you to make sense of it instead of jumping to conclusions. This is in particular true on November 25th. November 25th, we have a sun conjunction to Jupiter, all in Sagittarius. And this is a fantastic time for jumping to conclusions. It's a fantastic time for gossiping and making shit up and um, kind of filling in the blanks with colorful details that may or may not be real. It's also an excellent time for growth. It's an excellent time for being able to get a broader view of yourself, others, your situation, and start to envision a path forward that facilitates your growth and not just your growth, but the growth of, of others. Jupiter and Sagittarius are really in their, in their most positive energies are really about all of us together being equal and moving forward. It's really a beautiful sign. Jupiter is a beautiful planet when used well. The problem is sun conjunction to Jupiter or Jupiter in general can just grow and expand things. So growing and expanding a really bad idea is not great. <laughs> and so you want to be able to be open. Sun conjunction to Jupiter can be a time where we are a little arrogant. You know, we just get caught up. We get caught up. You have the capacity not only to learn and grow your life, but also your identity and your sense of self. So let me explain what I mean. The things that really upset you say a lot about you. They say a lot about your assumptions. The things that are fine that you can kind of let go, even though objectively you know they're not awesome, that also says a lot about you. And if you're willing to be interested in your own responses, if you're willing to be interested in what you get incensed about and what you get passionate about and not just take those things at face value, that's really powerful. Because one of the main things, in my view, that Jupiter teaches is that opportunity is not just opportunity. Opportunity is not just what it is on the surface. It's a test in how well you know yourself. And so if you are willing to really learn more about yourself, then whatever opportunities come your way, even if they're a total pain in your ass, they're really wonderful. And you can leverage them in much larger ways. On the 26th, we have a Mercury squared Mars. Now, unfortunately, these two transits overlap. And in fact, you know, there's a lot of overlapping happening this week. And Mercury squared to Mars is an irritable transit. Mercury squared to Mars, and of course, Mercury is retrograde, is a time where we tend to be annoyed by people. We're in a rush to get places. We feel blocked by circumstances or other people. Ego disputes, um, snapping at people, shitty tones of voice are all really common. This particular transit can lead to, especially on the 26th and 25th, really jumping to conclusions about things that you don't know enough about, but feeling really confident that you do. And when I say you, I mean, it could be that you're not the one who's doing the jumping to conclusions. It might be that someone else is jumping to conclusions about 
you or about something that you're involved in. So really pay attention to the space between your reactions and your responses. And there should be a space between those two things. Your reactions are knee-jerk and they come out of a million things that have nothing to do with your situation. And your responses reflect intention. They reflect what you're willing to put out there, not just what you're experiencing, right? And so this Mercury square to Mars is annoying. I'm sorry. If you have to pay attention to detail, not a great transit, not a great transit. But if you have to move some things forward, this is a great time to do so. If you're going through like emails, if you have to respond to people at work or something like that, you know, just be a little bit more meticulous than you think you need to be because uh, this, this transit can be sloppy. Mercury retrograde gives us miscommunications anyways. And people and things are going to slow you down. They're going to annoy you. Oh, well. On the 27th, we have three exact transits. The sun will be conjunct to Mercury. Mars will be sextile to Saturn. And Mercury retrograde will be conjunct to Jupiter. So what all of this means is more of the same. There's going to be a lot of energy of communication happening around this time. If you are able to kind of slow things down enough to not jump to conclusions and make sense of them, if you are able to really think about organizing your life in, in, and when I say organizing your life, I mean like IRL stuff, like the the nuts and bolts of stuff, this can be a really effective time. If however, you feel like you're being bullied by your own life and people are pushing you around. If you feel like you want to, you know, get to the bottom of some gossip and it's just driving you crazy and you're obsessing on it, this could be a time where you actually steer yourself in pretty much the wrong direction. So what is important to remember, and I probably have said this before and wait for me to say it again, but what you want to remember is none of these transits exist in a vacuum. None of these things exist in isolation of each other. All this astrology that I'm telling you about for this week has so much to do with our willingness to listen and to speak our truth, our willingness to learn something new, our willingness to change our minds based on the data we are given, and our willingness to sit with the data we are given to sort through our emotional responses and the actual data itself. This is hard work because life (laughs) persists. And this is the astrology of what is happening in the world and how it specifically hits your birth chart is specific to you. And, you know, whether or not this is particularly easy or difficult. So the jumping to conclusions, in some ways, you've already been doing it if you're going to do it on the 27th, right? You've already been building up this feeling of entitlement to jumping to conclusions or to not really caring about other people's thoughts or feelings. And it's important that you are willing to look at your entitlement issues because thinking you're the best and thinking you're the worst is the same thing. It's thinking too much about yourself. You are absolutely not the best. You are absolutely not the worst. And this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't think you're a goddess or a god. I think goddesses and gods are goddesses and gods and humans are humans. I'm a Capricorn. You know, a lot of people are not going to agree with that. Some people are going to think that's shitty of me to say. And I want to say, I don't think the way I see things is the only way to see things. But being a human is a slog. It is. It's a slog. We have to go through minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day, year to year. We have to go through the steps of 
all the layers, right, of being in our bodies and our bodies are in are in environments and those environments have other bodies and we have to deal with the thoughts and the feelings and the spiritual implications. We have to do so much in our lives. And in order to do our very best, what we must be willing to do is to understand that we have value. Everybody has value. Whether or not we are living up to the best of ourselves, whether or not we are having a shitty day or a shitty year, that's, that is separate. But your value, your value is inalienable to who and what you are. You, you have value. You are not the worst. You're not the worst. And you're also probably not the best. We are complicated and we are nuanced. And if you can hold space for the messiness of that, now we are talking about the capacity for equality, the capacity for having generosity with oneself if you falter and having generosity with others when they falter. Because there are those people in the world who are your enemies. There are those people in the world who are evil. And then there's everyone else. And they're just fucking up on their efforts to try. And I think that if we can hold more grace and latitude for all those many people in the middle, not the people who are like actually evil, and I do believe in evil, then this world gets to be actually a much, much more beautiful place. And as you know, I like to talk about Saturn and Pluto in the sign of Capricorn plus Jupiter and Sagittarius. This combination can lead to some really intense judgments and some really intense us and them kind of stuff. And weeks like this in the stars can kind of fortify our individual attitudes of these people are bad. Those people are good. And that it is an unnuanced perspective that will only lead to pain. Now that's a kind of heavy statement I just made. Again, you may not agree. That's okay. But that's, that's how I see things. And I'm here to share my thoughts guys. That's what I'm doing. Okay. But we're not done with astrology. Let's do more. So on the 30th, we have a Venus opposition to Uranus. Now Venus opposition to Uranus is, it brings up upsets. Now Venus, as you probably know, is related to romance and relationships. It's also related to your personal finances. So there may be unexpected expenses around this time. There may be upsets within your relationships uh, that could look like canceled plans, people all of a sudden disappearing or revealing something of themselves that you did not expect to see. This is not a good time for big big proclamations of love, not a great time for engagements. I mean, don't worry about it. It's not, you know, going to ruin your life. If you do these things, probably, probably it won't, probably it won't, but, um, it's not what this astrology is good for. This is great for being open and for kind of letting the truth come out. Let the truth come out. Now, on the first, the final little detail I'm going to give you here is Mercury retrogrades its way from Sagittarius and back into intense and brooding Scorpio. And so you're likely to feel a shift in the energy on the first, right in time for us to enter into the last month of 2018. Isn't that fun? This is an introspective transition. This is a time where we shift internally to really sit with the emotional part of our thoughts. And so again, we have this, this whole theme throughout the week of being willing and able to look at our own parts and to be able to look at how we're reacting, why we're reacting, and to make hopefully a greater, more compassionate sense of it. That's the hope. That's the potential. So use this astrology to deepen your relationship to yourself 
Use this astrology to contextualize your own experience and then leverage it to be healthier and kinder and more effective. Because that's what astrology is good for, my friends. That is what astrology is good for. Now, I'm going to add one little thing to this, which is when I was first learning astrology, and when I say when I was first learning astrology, I mean, I probably did this for about seven years. Every day, like a good little Capricorn, and this was before mobile phones, but I had like a day planner. So every day I would have a little like daily journal and I would write out all of the transits that were happening to me personally, that were happening to my birth chart. So this is something you would already have to be studying astrology to be capable of doing. But I used to do that. And it really trained me to understand how energy, how the planets actually affected me. And it taught me kind of a deep working knowledge of the planets and of astrology. And it didn't only teach me that, but it also helped me to actually make healthier and more effective choices in my life. So I want to I want to share that with you guys. If you're studying astrology, if you're an astrology student and you know how to read the glyphs, this is a really great idea. It's a great thing to be able to do um, so that you can pair things like horoscopes and this podcast with your own knowledge and not over rely on apps and blogs and all that kind of stuff because that stuff is really helpful and useful, but it's not a replacement for doing your own investigation and your own research. All right, my loves, thank you once again for listening to Ghost of a Podcast. If you like what you hear, please do share, please do subscribe and star me on iTunes or wherever else you're listening to this. If you want to become a uh, supporter of the podcast on Patreon, I would be so very grateful. You can find me there at Jessica Lignato. Um, What else can you do? Read my horoscopes, friends. Read them up. Read them all over town. And uh, keep on coming back for more. Thanks for listening. Bye. Every year they say the end is near